This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.49 a.m., you are listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Keith. Now, in less than one month, over 200 million eligible Indonesian voters will choose their next leader to succeed President Joko Widodo, who has served two full terms. Three presidential candidates are in the fray. They are Prabowo Subrianto, the, the present defence minister and chairman of the Gerindra Party. Ganja Pranowo, he's the ex-governor of Central Java, who is the nominee for of the ruling party, the PDIP and ex-Jakarta Governor Aris Baswedan. The nominees and their vice president running mates have held several rounds of televised debates since December, with the latest round taking place among the VP candidates on Sunday. But despite the intensity of campaigning, analysts predict that the presidential race could go to a runoff in June, as no candidate has yet achieved 50% support based on the latest voter surveys. So really, what factors will influence the outcome of these elections? For insights into what could move the needle, we have on the line with that's Dr. Ahmad Rizki M. Umar, Sessional Lecturer at the School of Political Science and International Studies of University of Queensland. Rizki, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. I understand that you are in Indonesia at the moment. Perhaps we can start with just your general observations of this election cycle, especially compared to previous years. Good morning, uh, Shazana. Yes, this is a very interesting general elections, partly because it's uh, more competitive. Uh, there will be three candidates and there is a split between President Joko Widodo and the ring party, the, the PDIP, mm. uh, in which President Joko Widodo support his former rival, Prabowo Subianto, and uh, the ruling party, the PDIP, nominate the ex-Central uh, Java governor, Gajar Pranowo. Mm. So this year, there will be more competitive uh, elections than before. And it is likely that the the outcome of this year's election will be a runoff. Risky, how are the three candidates distinguishing themselves from one another in terms of their campaigning platform? So, uh, uh, Prabowo Subianto, uh, who has the support of President Joko Widodo and also a number of the uh, Jokowi's coalition party, runs a campaign under uh, the banner of the continuation. So, they want to... Uh, continue the policies of President Joko Widodo, including industrial downstreaming, also uh, the establishment of the new capital, uh, as well as the the policies regarding the the foreign policy and then uh, the the domestic policies of President Joko Widodo. Mm. Another candidate, Alice Baswedan, runs uh, as an opposition candidate. He runs under uh, the banner of the change. He's a very critical of the of, uh, Joko Widodo's foreign policy, for example as well as uh, some of uh, Djokovic's policies like the establishment of a new capital and then the industrial downstreaming. Hmm. Uh, the third candidate, Gajar Pranowo, is more or less in between the uh, Djokovic, uh, the Prabowo and Anis, hmm. who runs uh, the campaign under the banner of the improvements. So uh, Gajar Pranowo uh, does not fully reject uh, uh, Jokowi's policies, but they want to improve, uh, especially in in the context of the law enforcement. So this is the 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 differences between the candidates in terms of campaigns. So at this stage, who among the candidates is considered to be the front runner? Most pollsters now consider Prabowo Subianto uh, as the front runner, especially after 
he uh, choose the son of President Joko Widodo, Gibran Rukabuming Raka, as the as the vice presidential uh, nominee. Of course, there are many criticisms, especially from the former supporters of President uh, Joko Widodo, who think that this is the continuation of the dynastic politics. Hmm. But so far, the modern posters uh, put Prabowo as a frontrunner, even though it's still uh, he's still uh, under 50%, and it's likely that there will be the run-up in the, in, the, in the second round. I would like to find out more about what the public perception of the vice presidential candidates are. They did take to the stage on Sunday, um, and we did see uh, Jokowi's son, um, Gibran Rakabuming Raka, uh, perform. I mean, how does he stack up against the competition, and how do people actually view his, um, uh, I guess, candidacy? So uh, Gibran runs uh, as a successor of, of President Jokowi. Now uh, most of the pollsters uh, consider pre- uh, President Jokowi's approval rating is very high, mm. uh, more than 75%. And uh, President Jokowi is still very popular, especially among the rural Java, in Central Java and East Java. However, there are criticisms towards Gibran because many considered him as a, a, an effort to, to build a dynasty, uh, which is not a good thing in a democratic Indonesia. Uh, and as well as uh, because uh, his vice presidential nominations was actually designed after the Indonesian Constitutional Court changed the rule for the age limits of the presidential and vice presidential candidates to allow Gibran, who is below uh, his 36 of age, to allow him to run. Mm -hmm. Uh, The previous rules state that the presidential and vice presidential candidates should be 40 years or above. So there are still very much controversies uh, surrounding Gibran's uh, vice presidential nominations. But I think uh, he's supported by uh, many uh, loyalists of President Jokowi. So the profile rating is very high and he's, as a consequence, is very popular in Indonesia. Okay, please help us understand this, Rizky, because you mentioned dynastic politics, but yet Jokowi's son is running for the father's opposition party. How does this work in Indonesia? Is it dynastic politics related to personality? It's not uh, at all related to party? So now, Gurindra, the uh, the Greater Indonesia Movement Party, headed by Prabowo, is now no longer the opposition. It's a, uh, the party is part of the coalition cabinet since 2019. Mm. And Prabowo and Jokowi has uh, established a very close relationship uh, since the 2019 uh, elections. So there is no visible opposition now in Indonesia at the moment. And uh, one of the the candidates, uh, I think the the Gibran Raka, has also the blessings of of his father uh, to run uh, as a vice presidential candidate. So in this context, I think what happens is that Prabowo Subianto choose Gibran Raka as the vice presidential candidate as a part of the deal with uh, President Jokowi in order to ensure the smooth uh, successions and the smooth continuations of President Jokowi's policies into the third uh, presidents. So one of the key things here is that Prabowo very much imitates uh, the strategy of the Philippines uh, president, uh, Bongo Marcos, uh, who mm. chose the, uh, the 
uh, daughter of President Duterte as a, as a running mate. So in this context, I think uh, personality matters very much. Uh, and also political party runs because of the closeness to the, to the person, not to the, the ideology. Rizky, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Dr. Ahmad Rizky M. Umar, Sessional Lecturer at the University of Queensland, breaking down for us the differences between the presidential candidates in Indonesia and really how voters might choose their next leader. Still a lot of uncertainty. Presidential elections could actually go into a runoff. Yeah, it's uh, three weeks and one day actually to February 14th. 205 million voters will go to the polls. What's what's interesting is that uh, from the details I see here is that half of them will be either millennials or Gen Zs. So for these groups, the main concern um, would be jobs and good paying ones at that mm. because in Indonesia, if you've been there, you know there are a lot of gig workers. It's and 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 COVID, informal economy is yeah, very large. And and COVID really brought them brought them all out. Now what's interesting is the way campaigning is being held, right? It's really on social media, TikToks. A lot of the candidates are out there, they have got avatars. So it's very cute, like you say. But and I think it's also because the voters are millennials, are mm. young voters. Now for me what's interesting is the fluidity of the candidate and their parties. It almost doesn't seem to matter what party you're running for. Because for example, Jokowi's son is running on an what used to be an opposition ticket, but this time they're not because they are all in coalition government at this current juncture. I think you gave a, a cute, a very unusual example, right, Shaz? <laughs> it's like if Nurul Iza went to campaign and ran on an UMNO ticket. It seems... <laughs> right? I was like trying to wrap my head around that, but that's essentially what it is. Given that both UMNO and PKR are on the same side, which is what the PDIP and the Gurindra party, they're now on the same government. Um, so in that sense, Jokowi's son joined a party that is aligned with his father's government. But it is curious... I'm wondering why didn't he find traction in the PDIP, for example. Um, lots of things to look at. And uh, it, the consequences of this is going to be massive, yeah? Because Indonesia's economy, what, it's the fourth most populous uh, in the world. Uh, it's largest in Southeast Asia. It's uh, a hotspot for a lot of foreign direct investment. There's lots of capital going to that country. They're going to build a new new Nusantara. There's the going capital. to be billions of dollars going to flow into that. Commodities is very strong. So... I think Jokowi is handing over a, a country which has come a long way. Now, the next phase of growth is going to be interesting for them. We're going to be watching this space for sure. 7.59 in the morning. We're going to head into the 8 a.m. News Bulletin. After the News Bulletin, the Breakfast Grill, all about property investment. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.